what's going on and welcome into the that being said podcast but it's the seattle super edition super pod jesus christ seattle super pod edition episode 28 uh with your boys sammy and me george George, we're coming at you recorded and direct and if you watch on periscope we were live from the sant hub in quarantined washington quarantined washington (laughs) um but Sound Hub, we got a little podcast studio at home. We got a podcast studio at our office too, but we have one at home. So we're here at the Sound Hub home studio. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, we went live on Sound Seattle on uh, Periscope, Twitter, you know. Uh, so if you guys want to catch us live ever, we do live sometimes on Instagram, sometimes on uh, Twitter or Periscope, uh, maybe on Facebook once in a while. So just turn on your notifications and, and you can find us there and follow us on all those. George and I just went over some um, off-season Seahawks news. Yes, we did. Pretty so, simple stuff. Very, very, <laughs> very simple. I mean, he said it is. We went over off-season stuff, so check That's it out. That's all there is these days for us. And then we'll start thinking of some other topics. And uh, you can also check us out at sonsports.com. That's S-O-N-T sports.com. And to find the podcast, you just type in that being said with George and Sammy. Or you can just type in that being said with George. And that being said, sometimes it comes up on iTunes, Spotify, Maybe a Stitcher. Yeah, maybe use Stitcher. And uh, you can check us out there. And if you want to find our podcast every time it's posted, it's on Twitter and Instagram at pod that P O D that um, on both Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, like I said, you got to go check us out at sonsports.com for those that want to know what Sant stands for, right? Because we have Sant Kicks, we have Sant Seattle, Sant Benning coming soon, Sant Chicago. We got a bunch of Sant entities. George, what does Sant stand for? I think it stands for Sports on Tap. It does. And you know what else this is? This is Sports Radio. Redefine. All right, George, welcome in to episode 28 of the Seattle Superpod. Um, I'm going to get us started here on Periscope and on uh, Instagram Live just for a little bit. We're going to go live on Twitter on at San Seattle and our at, at San Seattle Instagram. Um, but episode 28, and how are you doing during this uh, little quarantine? Uh, I'm doing well. It's not much different than my usual life. I work from home, just as you do. We run this company from the comfort of our house, and... Uh, it's about the same, except I'm not going to the gym and I'm not really seeing friends. So other than that, though, it's pretty much normal day-to-day activity. It does feel weird, though, that like you actually cannot go anywhere. Like you're not allowed to. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Where now it's really a like a real quarantine. You remember back in the day we used to go to God, I forget what they call them. Where you actually go and you have a alcoholic beverage in front of people, and there's like a place and people give you the drinks and you pay, ha, ha, ha. i think money right you use money and they give it to you no that was a good one yeah no i actually do miss like that's the one thing i guess would be nice like when it's gonna be cool when they reopen everything like america is gonna have one big fucking party that's what they need to do is have one big party um it's gonna be interesting i mean I, it's been way too long since i've been able to you know go get a drink at a bar even just you know I know it's, it's actually, this is the beginning of it all. It's a crazy thing, but it's been just too long since I've even been able to go do something with, you know, my significant other outside of the house, which is kind of unfortunate. Now it's like to the point where 
can't even hang out in general. <laughs> I know, man. So but you know, we'll it's get a weird time. We'll get we'll get through it. We're we're gonna we're grown, man. Well, yeah. No, I mean, us. I'm just talking about in general, like. Seahawks fans, country, Seattle fans, um, everyone will get through this because we're st- we're strong and just wait it out and we'll be back at the bars having a drink and by September we'll be watching our Seahawks play meaningful football games with a cold beverage probably. Probably. And we should keep talking so no one can hear me. All right, well, since no one can hear you, that's uh, – yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. But the offseason has been fun. We're kind of waiting on news. The one thing that has been the saving grace during this time has been the NFL offseason. There's no live sporting events. That hasn't stopped the NFL from starting its league year and giving you know players an opportunity to sign. Most of them, you know, are faxing over their contracts or whatever. So it's it's pretty easy. It is. And uh, I was going to try to go live on IG. I realized I set up the camera thing in the wrong spot. We'll do it next time. Just make this easier. We're on. We're All live right. here on Periscope slash Twitter. And this is obviously for the podcast. So this is the That Being Said podcast, the Seattle Super Pod edition. If you guys have any questions on the pod, comment it live and we'll answer them. And we're going through the Seattle Seahawks offseason. Like you said, the only thing left is, I guess, NFL signings right now, right? There's not, you know, there's some NBA news in the sense of, unfortunately, people that have been getting sick and maybe when the NBA is going to start. Some MLB news about when it's getting pushed back. Basically, all the sports news in the world is, what are the delays on sports? <laughs> exactly. Except for football. Um, and you have the Seahawks making some signings and really getting ready to make some, I think, really positive signings. Oh Yeah. They're, I mean, obviously, we're all waiting for the big one to drop into Davion Clowney. But yesterday, signing Dunbar from the Redskins, who was rated the number two. Trading oh, for. Trading for. For a fifth round pick, you might as well sign him at that point. For uh, for he was the second uh, highest rated cornerback to Richard Sherman according to Pro Football Focus last year. Whatever that means, I don't always trust the Pro Football Focus ratings. No matter, like it's not like oh he's number two because I wouldn't go back last season and say Richard Sherman was the best corner in the NFL. But anytime you get a highly rated corner like that, you got to say it's a good thing. We shored up our corners. We can move Trey Flowers to the nickel, and we'll probably find someone in the draft to kind of come in and compete for that nickel job. And you never know. Pete Carroll's always able to find someone to step in and play that corner position from the draft. So I, I just like that move quite a bit to say the least. And that's where I was going to get from our, one of our IG comments was that they love this trade for Dunbar, get Trey flowers out of here and get him, get, let him be at, be at the nickel. It was a little more negative than that, but I mean, I think Trey Flowers from the playoff game was somebody that was highly criticized. And, you know, I'm no coach, but Devontae Adams was tearing him up yep. on the field. Everybody wanted some work done on the defensive line, offensive line, and in the secondary. And I think with Dunbar, like you said, pro football focus, it's not, you know, the all – it's not the 100% correct thing every single time. I think the know. word you were looking for is all B and all and B. What is it? All, B and end all? Yeah, whatever that is. That, that's saying. I know that's what you were looking for. Yeah, it's not the, you know, I don't read it. I'm like, oh, he's the all, best corner. Be all end all. There you go. Be all end all. He's not the second best corner in the NFL just because Pro Football Focus said that. But that means he's somewhere in that top 10 to 15 best corners in the league. Um, and to upgrade that high for a fifth round pick, and then we got Quandre Diggs earlier this season for a fifth round pick. As much as we're good at drafting late in the draft, I'll take two 
I'll give up two fifth, fifth round picks for two of the best secondary players that we could possibly get in that range. So I'm happy. I think it's it's pretty amazing what we got for him. Um, and this is exactly what the Seahawks needed and a young guy at 27 years old. Yeah, and I'm looking up what did the what did the the Eagles give up for Darius Slay? Uh, I didn't. I'm kind of missed exactly. I think it was a third round pick. If you can look that up. But for me, I was kind of disappointed when we didn't get Darius Slay, who I think is you know maybe a top three or four corner in the NFL. But to give up a fifth round pick, that makes up for it completely. Like we, that's why we didn't go so hard after. I think it was a second-round pick for Darius. Uh, no, it was a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick, and they signed him to a uh, thirty million guaranteed, a three-year, fifty million dollar contract with thirty guaranteed. Yeah. So the difference here is, and Darius Slay, I think, is thirty or thirty-one, one of the two. I know he's either thirty or thirty-one. Um, we got a guy that's three to four years younger. Uh, I think he's on his last year of his contract, but three or four years younger. We've only gave up a fifth-round pick rather than a third and a fifth. We upgraded a position we need. And, and statistically, whether that's, you know, pro football focus is right or not, statistically a better player last year. Darius Slay, I got to admit, amazing player, right? It would have been fun to see him and Diggs go from Detroit to Seattle yeah. and dominate here. But I'd rather have the younger player for the cheaper price. Well, not just that. I mean, the way you have to look at it, can we have Dunbar and Jadavion Clowney together? Yes. Now we have enough money to do that. If you signed, if you got traded for Slay and signed him to that extension, it's just Slay. So the question is, would you rather have Darius Slay or would you rather have Dunbar and Jadavion Clowney? Jadavion's hard. And I, I'll definitely go with, I'd rather have the duo of a great, you know, very good pass rusher in Jadavion Clowney and uh, Dunbar out on the corner than just having Slay by himself on that contract. Yeah, I agree. And I I just think at the end of the day, I tend to enjoy players. And I don't want this to sound too uh, anti a lot of the past Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Darius Slay was doing a lot of talking before he got traded. I hate my team and oh, get me out of here. I'm next up. Not the biggest fan of players that bash the teams that they're on I'm agree- uh, I'll, I'll be in agreement there to be honest I don't know if I've ever even seen a tweet or a Instagram post from Dunbar in my entire life um, I'd never heard his voice don't know. like I, to me I kind of like that sometimes um, you look at some of the you have something that, against Darius Slay's voice I know not his voice uh, no, I meant kidding. more his like <laughs> no, online I, I, voice I know, I know what you meant uh, I'm just joking I, around I like if you look at the past Seahawks that I loved I, or even current I love Russell Wilson Kind of says the right thing. I love Bobby Wagner. Always says the right thing. Um, everyone loves Richard Sherman. I always thought by the end of his tenureship, started saying too much. Earl Thomas started flicking off sidelines. Not a big fan of that. But then you got guys like Cam Chancellor, another one that kind of just went about his business. They didn't love talk Cam. too much. Cam's probably one of my favorite Seahawks of all time. And Those speak- are the kind of guys we like. Yeah, speaking of Richard Sherman, I didn't realize. But he's also, uh, can you believe that he has an opinion and knows how we should treat the coronavirus epidemic? Would, I, would that shock you that he has some suggestions on what we should do? I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm saying Richard Sherman. If I told you Richard Sherman has an opinion or doesn't have an opinion on how we should do things here to combat coronavirus. Oh. Would, you see, would, you're, you're making it political. No, 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 no. It's not, not po- it's not political. No, no, absolutely not political because he also has an opinion on the NCAA. He has an opinion on the NFLPA. He has an opinion on okay, well, coronavirus. He's been tweeting about coronavirus. He's, at, he's been asking questions. No yeah, opinion. No, so. no, he has some opinions. Um, not really. He asked 
should we do this? And people will be like, oh, check this out. He's been saying good contact. Right. Just in general, I'm saying this guy has an opinion on everything. I'm talking about football, okay? I, I don't care about the politics part. He can have any political side. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying it seems like he has an opinion on everything, whether it's a PA, politics, bread, favorite soda, that's and fair. laptop use. See, but that's not, that wasn't my whole point. My whole point is I, know I don't like guys that talk too much, whether it's politically off the field like Michael Bennett, whether it's Richard Sherman, that's a little bit of everything, or Earl Thomas near the end of his tenureship. Yeah, absolutely. Earl Thomas is really interesting thing about Earl Thomas when we talk about quiet to loud guys, right? Yeah. In Seahawks past. I feel like Earl Thomas kind of shifted last year from the time where he started flicking off the Seahawks sideline to when he was on the Ravens talking a lot about like sucks forever wants to see us in the Super Bowl. He really wasn't like that until like the last year or two, yeah, which is very interesting. Yeah, it is weird. I wonder what happened. Like maybe just hung out with Richard too much. It's got a little, got too, a little too loud. Yeah, it's uh, all right. I mean, sometimes look, if you're really, really loud and you back it up like consistently, I really don't care, right? That's fair. But, but that's why guys like Michael Bennett right now are having trouble finding a spot in the league. Exactly. Because once you get too loud and then your production goes down, it's hard to find places yeah. in the league. If, Rich, if Michael Bennett was as good as... I don't know, name the best defensive player in the league right now. He'd still find a job in the Harpy and probably have like a six-year contract. Well, I guess that's not even – he wouldn't have a six-year contract. I know, He's but not, do you know what I mean? My, like, the, the difference is him and Bruce Irving are the same player. Bruce Irving's a very quiet, does-his-job kind of guy, gets re-signed by right. the Seahawks. They, have to, they, have, they were picking between them for their secondary help if they're hopefully getting clowny. They choose a guy like Bruce Irving who's never really caused, I guess – Drama in the organization or outside of the organization, mm-hmm. right? Bruce Irvin maybe had some, you know, history. off the field, off the field, but not no, nothing with the Seahawks that really caused too much of an issue. Yeah. While Michael Bennett might have, but in in general, though, here's a question for you, and this is a little bit like off topic, but just about you know social media, since you know there's not that much sports to talk about right now. In general, do you think being loud and like obnoxious off the field is a good thing for athletes in general or a bad thing? Like I was thinking about it personality wise right what is the benefit of being like a big social media obnoxious guy in general right like Kawhi Leonard's a great example he has no social media presence at all he's still got a huge hundred million dollar contract from New Balance he still does commercials and stuff but they actually use it like it to his like funniness that he doesn't do these things What's the point of being like a character, right? Like Antonio Brown. I'm not saying like Russell Wilson where he uses it for good things like going to the children's hospital, family stuff. But is there really a big like benefit to being just a character on social media? I could only see the downhill when you – What do you mean by a character? Like using it for everything. Like Antonio Brown was like going Facebook Live in the locker room during his time in Pittsburgh before he went Uh, – There's a little benefit. LeBron James does it. And it makes him more famous, more likable. Uh, Kobe Bryant started doing it even post-career, made him more likable, made him more relevant post-career. Look at Kobe Bryant, RIP, uh, post-career compared to Tim Duncan. I mean, like, they both didn't have social media while they're in the league because one adapted to the get-to-know-me side of things. It really helps. Like, uh, you know, Cam Newton has a huge following i don't think that's been any detriment to his career his career has been a detriment. see i he, think if he had didn't have this huge following and the way he like people call him like a social media like icon right cam newton i think he would have already been signed to a contract to compete now but there's a lot of baggage that comes so like when you're really good it doesn't matter but if you go downhill a little bit i feel like people start like being like oh you, you know i don't really want that guy on my team i don't know why i just feel like that's the way i wonder like let's say 
in general, Kawhi Le- for Kawhi Leonard example, right? Let's say he doesn't do any social media the rest of his career, and then the day he retires, he goes on social media and does whatever the hell he wants. Wouldn't that be like the most optimal, almost like a Kobe Bryant? No, I'm just wondering. He'd make so much more money right now if he was on social media. It just like what LeBron does with, for example, like he's let's say he's the second best player, LeBron right now, or third best player, whatever it is. LeBron gets more social, more endorsements like the Com app, luggage companies because he posts about it. He gets more, you know, he goes live on IG during a lockout. Like Kawhi Leonard hasn't crossed my mind once during this this quarantine, whatever LeBron has because he goes live. He has his kids on social media. Kawhi doesn't even know it's a quarantine. He's just living his life the way he. You know what I mean, though. No, no, I know I do. There's no harm to social media unless you do harm outside of it, and then it brings harm to social. But like Cam Newton, has he ever really done any harm? I, no, Cam Newton. No, that's but, what I'm saying. His social media hasn't done anything to the detriment of his career. If he was still the MVP quality player, true. <laughs> but, but if he, I'm saying, let's say Cam Newton was like the Bruce Irvin, Michael Bennett, right? Bruce Irvin's a little bit not like doesn't have that huge profile, while Michael Bennett does. So Michael Bennett doesn't find a job as quick as Bruce Irvin. Michael Bennett took knees and talked about politics. That's completely different than having uh, a but president. Why, why can't like look how quick Case Keenum got a backup job while Cam Newton can't get a job right now. Because Cam Newton is looking for a starting job. If Cam Newton said, I'll take a vet minimum or I'll take a $5 million contract fair. to be your backup, he'd get signed as fair. fast as no, That's very fair. I'm looking at different markets for different types of Yeah, people. I know. I'm just posing the question. I, I don't have an opinion on it. I think social way. media does nothing but boost your portfolio unless you make it political. I think the the the, the threshold's positive. Or crazy. Yeah. Like Antonio Brown yeah. is like a rare case of like, you know, maybe lost your mind. Yeah, he's the only one, I guess, on social yeah. media that I have a have a for Jamal Murray though. Social media did well for him, and he uses it to like, oh Jamal Murray. Oh, I thought you were talking <laughs> yeah. about Jamal uh, Adam. Adam. Yeah, he, he does a great job. Yeah, by, by the way, people. yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. it's just a question. I'm not like I'm not arguing either side. I just thought it's a, it's always an interesting. Like, I was playing a little devil's advocate there. I do agree. I with think you. social media is good for players. It brings more money. It brings more. You don't have to do it, but it, it, I think it is useful. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's get back to the Seahawks. All right. um, we talked about Dunbar. Great signing, obviously, like we said, second in, you know second ranked after Richard Sherman last year in uh, Pro Football Focus. Awesome for the Seahawks. Um, they We got to Bruce Irving. Bruce Irving's a fun pickup just to have a little bit of, you know, a little backup help. Um, I like it over... Michael Bennett, but I guess one of the biggest questions, and we'll get to some of the other signings. Are we have some offensive line signings? You know, we picked up Philip Dorsett today, but let's talk about what you brought up, which was, all right, the golden piece that everyone's waiting for. And I just saw a tweet recently, I think from Josina Anderson, uh, you know, not a Seahawks reporter, but an ESPN reporter, saying, so when is Clowney going to get signed? Like this is, we're talking about basically any player that's above the level of a Philip Dorsett, right above like a mid-level player there's no top talent players left on the board except for Jadavion Clowney and I'm going to start by saying this I think me and you have been on the same pace with this we'd love to have Jadavion Clowney on the team he'd be an extreme benefit mm-hmm. um, now is Jadavion Clowney I guess is Jadavion Clowney a player that is worth 20 million a year I, me and you have always said no, and it looks like the entire NFL is telling you no. Like, you can't have your worst year of your career, have three sacks, and get a $20 million contract. So now, does that mean he is going to 
you know, he's going to get 12 to 14 somewhere. He may even get six, 14 to 16. Somewhere. Yeah, 14 to 16 if he keeps waiting and he's really not going to sign I saw it. that he refuses but, $17 million from the Dolphins a year. Okay, but that may be because it's Dolphins. Yeah, maybe. I, I have no idea. My thing is, or because his agent is doing an awful job helping him, saying, you got to tell them yep. we are getting these range, this range offers. Now, my question is, because the team he's playing, he played for last year is not giving him that money, there's been a lot of different opinions on this. Is Will he end up saying, screw it, I'll sign for that 13 or 14? But does that mean it will be kind of anti-Seahawks? Or do you think that he would just go back to the comfort zone? Because some people can see it as that situation where it's like, I played for you last year. The team, I thought you guys loved me. Yeah. I'll go take less money somewhere else to prove this wrong. Or will it be like, wow, if everyone's just offering me this, I'll stay where I am. It's, How do you think it's leaning? I mean, it seems like that Jadavion Clowney from all, all you hear, and this is nothing wrong with that. So people might say this is like a bad way to look at things that, or the way I'm saying it. Like he's about getting the biggest paycheck possible. Correct. That's what it seems like. It doesn't matter. It if doesn't it's matter if Seahawks, it's a contender. A contender, the Seahawks. I think he'd rather sign with the Seahawks and have them give him the most money. Yep. But it does not matter what team it, it is. It could be the Cleveland fucking Browns. And if they offered him the most money, he's taking the most money. I think I agree with that. So um, that's how I feel. I don't think – I think it's strictly business for Jadavion Clown. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Everyone talks about this. So it's not just – you know, it's not just going to come from this podcast. Yep. Um, you talk – you hear this in even national podcasts about football. I mean, because he's one of those players that does get coverage on, you know, NFL podcasts, right. not just a Seattle podcast. Exactly. He's not, you know – no offense to Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett's mostly going to get talk on a Seattle podcast yeah. right now. Not maybe, on, maybe a Patriots podcast for leaving while well, because he left the Patriots. Yeah, but not so on a uh, you know Bill Simmons, Colin Cowherd podcast. Right. Um, Jadavion Clowney does get that type of love, but the continued criticism is, you know, if you wanted that $20 million, if you tried 100% of the time, gave full effort, you would probably get that. And I don't think it's just a narrative that's randomly going around. I think it's pretty clear around the NFL and to most people that he doesn't give it 100% all the time. And that's why the Titans, their Texans, maybe it's because Bill O'Brien's a shitty GM, but he was kind of willing to, he's like, I'm not going to pay him that money when it comes to it. And it, it seems like everyone's saying, does he not give effort all the time? Yeah, it's pretty obvious. He doesn't give effort all the time. Doesn't really care <laughs> to give effort all the time. He, he's, and that doesn't make, and for some, somehow it doesn't really affect the way he plays on the field, to be completely honest with you. He's so damn talented. That when he turns it on, it works. When he turns it on, it works. And maybe if you ask him, he'll say, hey, man, I'm not giving effort all the time, but that's because on third down, I'm going to give my best effort and try to get to the quarterback. And then you look at him and say, hey, you only had three sacks last year. So what the fuck are you talking about? I have no idea. I think he's a great player. I want him on this team. I like him. I like I even I like his personality. I like Jadavion Clowney in general. I feel like he's been a little bit of a disappointment in his career because he has the body, the skills, the agility, the, everything. He's the complete package to be one of the best defensive ends maybe in history of football. Yeah, and he's not, but he's still really good. And he might have one of the greatest highlights in college football history, yeah. or the most memorable one of the. It could be the most memorable defensive highlight in the history of college football. Yeah. That be, like yeah. that plays on like reels, um, and who was it that he hit? Shoeless, Some guy in Michigan. What was the quarterback's name? Wasn't that Shoeless? Jo- what was the guy? I have no idea, but it's, it's not Shoeless Joe Jackson, bro. That's a different. No, there's <laughs> another Shoeless guy, like no lace. 
I have no idea. I didn't know. I don't remember his name, but I remember how great of a hit it was in the one arm pickup. I wonder if that actually hurt him long term because that helped him become the star, the number one pick. Yeah. Before that, he might have still been the number one pick because like G, like there's no way the NFL is like after saw that head's like you know what man that's the number that's the number one pick. Now what happened probably was. He was going to be the number one pick, and then they saw that, and then now everyone knows him. And I wonder if he just kind of got a little bit of a big head from it. But he and J.J. Watt and the corner should uh, at the defensive end, you know, position they should have been like non unstoppable. But he was always like Jadavion's hurt, J.J.'s hurt, Jadavion's hurt, J.J.'s hurt, which also hurts his contract. He yeah, a couple games this year, he is hurt once in a while. Do you think for- he doesn't play through pain? He does. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Do you think like he shouldn't be missing as many games as he does, or like because yeah, like we said, he is known for not That's giving. That's where up. it's a hard one to talk about because right, maybe he's the type of dude that doesn't give it his all all the time because he's really he knows he's injury prone. But maybe, maybe yeah. it's Maybe he doesn't give it his all, and that's why he's a tough game. Exactly. It's a tough situation. But like you said, three sacks, three and a half sacks for a guy wanting $20 million is tough. We look at Bruce Irving, who we got, which I'm actually glad Bruce Irving came back. I feel like I just like him as a piece on this. Yeah. He seems like the beginning of that Seahawks era. Exactly. He's 33 years old, but he posted a career best, eight and a half sacks in 13 games last year. Very good. So it's hard to – for I Where think is Atlanta? Uh, Carolina. Carolina. Well. I think it's just hard for a team like Seattle looking at like, man, we're just going to go get Irving, you know, at a really low price, eight and a half sacks in 13 games. And then Jadavion wants $20 million a year on 13 sacks. Yeah. Uh, three sacks, sorry. Yeah, it's That's hard. But, but the sacks are like a vanity metric too with defensive players sometimes. Like he does a lot more than just sack the quarterback. And I know you know that and I know that. But it's just a lot of times people look at that stat and it's like, oh, man, the sacks aren't there. I know. It is tough. I'll read what Brady Henderson wrote from ESPN about what Bruce Irvin means with the Javon Clowney situation. It says the Seahawks have taken care of part of their pass rush equation. They were tied for second fewest sacks last season. That's pretty bad. And we're going to solve their most pressing need solely by re-signing Clowney or landing one of the top available pass rushers. Um, They still need another player or two to complement the premier pass rusher. And they have one of those complimentary pieces in Irvin. Um, now they're saying, but he's saying this. It's not clear if the absence of contracts detailed because it's a little. We're not hundred percent sure what the contract is, but it's safe bet that they aren't giving um, Irvin the type of money that would be a hinder to keep Clowney. So okay, that's good. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that. Yeah. So they 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 have the money as long as Clowney probably finds a reasonable number. Yeah, I mean, we, and we thought we were going to get that announced. The other day, right? We were sitting there waiting for it to be announced and didn't get announced. So I I think when it's all said and done, he'll be a Seahawk. I think we're going to have to sweat it out for a little bit, and but he'll be a Seahawk. Yeah, I think so too. Um, obviously, we talked about this on the past podcast, mm-hmm. but another one of our great signings, um, I'm just going to add this with a bunch of stuff, is we picked up Greg Olson at tight end. Yep. We re-signed uh, Hollister, I think, to a one-year, or he's just on the roster. I can't remember. Didn't cut him past the deadline. We have Disley coming back. So we have three tight ends that if one of them stays healthy or one of them is actually keeps their age and also and there's some, one of them is going to work out. None of them will work out. They'll all get injured. We'll pick up a guy from like Saskatchewan, uh, Canadian football league. And and he'll be good. Have nine touchdowns. Somehow the tight end position is tough. <laughs> but we Somehow have, it always works out. Though. We have Olsen. We just got Philip Dorsett. So that's looking like now we're going to have a DK Metcalf. 
Tyler Lockett, Dorsett, and then you got at the tight end position Olsen Hollister. And we still Wesley. haven't and we haven't hit the draft yet. You never know if we pick up someone from the draft at some point to you know add to that receiving core or even that tight end core. If we add another tight end, I'm just gonna laugh. And then you got Chris Carson in the backfield and Russell Wilson, of course. I think the offense is looking pretty set. We'll get to the line in a second, but I don't think they really need to make any moves on offense. I would like. I mean, late in the draft, I don't need. A, I, we need to get a running back. Not another first rounder. Yeah, I mean, look, I like. I loved Penny was finally coming on. He tore his ACL late in the year, so I don't anticipate him being ready for the beginning of the year. Carson has always been kind of banged up and injury prone, so I just don't know what I'm. What we're gonna have in that running back position? I would, or you can all sign one for cheap. I just say, you know, get take a fourth round pick, fifth round pick, sixth round pick on a running back, have him compete for the backup job or the third string job, just so we have someone coming out of the backfield at some point. But not first. I no, no, never again. Yeah, no, not a first rounder, please. Um, and then Philip Dorsett today, good signing. Uh, I think most ma- frustrating player in NFL history. Why? He was a first round pick. He was supposed to be really good. He goes to Indianapolis. He's kind of a bust. He goes to New England. They wait for him to come on, and they wait for him to come on. He makes a couple of big catches, and he takes another step back, and they wait for him to come on. It just the guy's never come on. He's such a speedster. He's really talented. I don't know if he's been in the wrong systems. I don't know why he's never really got to come on. Yeah, but he has he had a decent year last year. 29 catches, uh three, 400 yards, five touchdowns and a pretty offensive was pretty slow last year. Yeah. <laughs> um and Russell Wilson's great with the deep ball. He's quick. We have three fast receivers. I like the deal on a one-year deal as a number 3 role. He's not a number 1, so it yeah. works out. Um, I'm pretty happy with that. And I think one of the other bigger signings we had before we just talk about offensive lines, I think it's funny. Um, Jaron Reed got his two-year, $23 million deal. I like it. He's 27. I like these little two-year deals. We're not signing any one of these ridiculous five and do we, years. what do we really know about it? Is it really two years or is it one year and you can cut him? How much guarantee? Yeah, I don't know. Right? Like He had a little bit of a down year last year for Jaron Reed. From what they were expecting, so if it doesn't work out this year, you can cut him probably. But and he had, I, mean, I he like had the suspension. Like, That's yeah. what it was last. Yeah, and year. I, I, but I like him. I think he's super talented. So I hope, you know, two, like you said, well, two year twenty three, take it. He was he had the fourth most sacks by a defensive tackle in twenty eighteen at ten and a half, and then he had a suspension last year, which kind of you know ruined it. But if he can, you got him a little bit lower money. If he can duplicate that ten and a half sacks exactly. in two thousand eighteen, then we're good to go. If we get Clowney and Irving, so I'm happy about it. And then. I'm not going to name the offensive tackles and guards that we got because I don't think anyone would act. None of us really. We can all act like we know a lot about it. Not, not just us, but everybody always acts like we know a lot about offensive linemen. We don't. But the Seahawks now have 14 different offensive linemen on their roster. And you know what? That makes me happy. Yeah, because, maybe one of them will hit. Well, no, we've, we've been, the offensive line was much better optics-wise last mm-hmm. year. Maybe that's because Russell Wilson's a magician. But optics-wise, run game, it was good. Russell Wilson figured it out. I If we have 14, I know we'll find a way to make sure we got a solid five. I agree with that. And maybe we can run a 14-man offensive line instead and just protect us that way. Yeah, that'd, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, huh? Now, in general, I, I'm not going to pretend I'm watching the tape with these offensive linemen because I'm not. But I do know that... Offensive line position has become really like a hit or miss in the NFL in general. Offensive line play has been down quite a bit. So we can re- – I mean, it's really important for us. I expect us to go get someone in the draft. I really do. Probably will. I mean, I don't see why not. We'll probably get somebody in the draft. We'll probably work on getting a running back at some point. 
knowing the Seahawks, they'll pick up their like ninth tight end or receiver or whatever it is. They, they seem to make just some random, and they'll probably pick up a corner or a safety yeah. just to get some help in the, you know, help help in the. Uh, I was gonna say backfield, secondary, secondary. I'll say backfield for some reason. It kind of works. It's the backfield right. of the backfield of the defense. Um, so far, I guess. What do you grade this Seahawks offseason? Because I think if we if there was a clowny signing, I think everyone would resoundingly say like A minus A. Everyone seems pretty happy if we get clowny. I say. I mean. I'm not ready to make a grade until after the draft and clowny, but like if it, I'm talking pre-draft, grade. Let, let's just say a pre-draft. All right, if they don't get clowny, B minus. I would say B plus, even if they don't get clowny. I mean, because I think if we don't get clowny, we're gonna still shore up something. We'll, we'll probably pick up something, make a trade for somebody to shore up the defensive line, but to pick up a good third receiver, to pick up you know, uh, a top ten, let's say cornerback mm-hmm. for a fifth round pick and sure up that defensive line with Irving and Reed. I like it. I think it's good. And I, I guess part of me always trusts what John Schneider's doing. So many people thought there was a bad year coming from the Seahawks yeah, last exactly. year. And they were, uh, as you know, I mean, you didn't like them going into the year or did you, you did love like them, them last year? You did, but too. most people didn't like them going into the year. They really were a fucking awesome team last year. Yeah, and I think if it we'll wasn't be- for a Jaron Reed suspension, maybe a couple different, you know, one better corner. We could have been a, we could have been competing for a Super Bowl. I mean, we were. Yeah, we're, we're still one game were. away from the NFC Championship yeah. game. So and against half, a, against a team that we beat earlier. In the yeah, um, I I like this team going into next season already. That's why I said be. It's not like we could have got that much better. We were already a really good team. I want to yeah. see if we, after the draft and if we keep Clowney, you can you could probably can call it an A. Just not season. twenty million. Yeah. But if it's twenty million, it's twenty million. It's twenty million. It's twenty million. Like what? Oh. Like I hope it's not, but what? It seems like with every NFL contract, if things don't work out, you can cut them. Cut them exactly. It's not going to get cut, but you know what I mean. Uh, lastly, before we go, really quick, new Rams logo. Oh, it's shit. I think it's so shit. The Ram part, they have that Ram part. That's Is that cool. The, the alternative. That's awesome. If they threw that on a helmet, like yeah. you know, like I love. I think me and you both love the big logo helmets, yeah. like the Buccaneers logo, oh, yeah. even the Seahawks. The concept of a Seahawk is kind of not that exciting, yeah. right? It's just the, the the shape of it and everything. But I like the helmets like a Seahawks has a big logo. Like the Eagles have the wings. Tampa Bay um, has Jacksonville. The, yeah, Jacksonville has a cool one. Like the Colts, it looks clean, mm-hmm. but there's nothing like that exciting about the, the like, or the Browns. Yeah, the Browns are boring. Oh, I, but, but we have to give a shout out to the best helmets. But, Buffalo Bills, like the big Bills. Bills. Yeah, Yeah. see, I like helmets like that. I like them to stand out. Like, cool, the Jets' colors and combos are Mm -hmm. cool, but it's not like the helmet. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, well, the last year's helmets were different, remember? The color, but I'm just talking about the logo. The logo. The Buccaneers actually have like a, damn, look at those helmets. Yeah. The Rams, if they put that Ram on there, it would have been so cool. Um, Although they're probably going to that blue, that powder blue. It's going to look cool, the blue and yellow on the helmet. Yeah, it's going to look good. Um, But that whole Chargers looking logo is just awful. Yeah, it just looks like they were that late Chargers again. Hated it. Um, let's well, quick, okay, quickly. Yeah. Rank the logos outside of the Seahawks in our division. I think we all like or and helmets and jerseys. Like I I I'd say 49ers, Cardinals, then Rams now. Assuming uh, Seahawks are the best. I mean, to be honest, the Jerseys or logos completely different. Jerseys, I say Rams are after the Seahawks because they're gonna have the blue and yellow. Okay, like those no, are... just a whole package when they come on the field. 
I would still say Rams. Okay. Pro- probably, and then 49ers and Cardinals. Okay. Although I like the Cardinals helmets a the lot. The 49ers only have it because of history. If they were like, if somebody introduced the 49ers today, and that's the I know it wouldn't be that cool. in the jersey, people would be like, really, just a four nine. Like it's like the Jets. Like really, that's, that's it. I know it's so, it's just the history behind the history. It. Like the Steelers jerseys are cool, but like really, is it that cool that they have a logo only on one side and it's like fucking cool? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just not that cool. Uh, and sorry, shout out to the best jerseys in all of football. Is the, like I know we love our Seahawks and we know they used to be division rivals to us, but the Raiders have take the cake. They do because of history. History, or do you just think everything—the black and silver and everything. the logo—and their logo is so cool. It is. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna say one more thing before we went yep. is other division news because I know everyone's interested in our own division. Oh right? yeah. Um, not much going on with the 49ers. They've lost a couple pieces, but normal Super Bowl year mm-hmm. thing. Um, Rams cut Todd Gurley. Yep. That was wild because that was the second highest amount of money, like dead money, left on the table outside of when and. Yeah, when no, when Le'Veon no, Antonio Brown got cut. Oh wow! Uh, which was like seven, which I think seventeen million left in dead money, and then Targler is fourteen million left in dead money. That's a lot. Of, ever. That's a whole lot of money. That shows you what people, what that that tells you what a team thinks about you. Yeah, like really, we're just completely You're uninterested. Done. Yeah, and I hear it's because of the locker room too. It wasn't because he's a bad locker room guy, but it was like kind of confusing. Like, why is he not getting the ball? Like, and there was and a Sean lot of was always like. Oh yeah, it just yeah, didn't work yeah. out. Today. Well, and he had a lot of guys on the team that really liked him, and they wanted him to get the ball. So it was kind of like an awkward situation because yeah. his knee was shot. So it was more like it's not like an Antonio Brown situation where like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah it was He's more a really like, cool guy. Yeah, they liked him, yeah. everyone in that team. So it was really awkward. He wasn't getting the ball, so it was kind of like a weird dynamic. Yeah, and it, it probably is weird when you get paid like the best running back in the league, and you're kind of like the face of the franchise, and then you're not good anymore. I know. Um, but yeah, yeah, locker room wise, I guess the way I said it, it sounds like he was an Antonio Brown. Yeah. He's not. It seems like nobody has any issue. With no, no, no. It's just like the locker room is more like confused and yeah. like loyal to him. Yeah, like why? Why CJ Anderson getting all the carries yeah. in the playoffs? <laughs> exactly. Fat CJ Anderson. And last but not least, uh, Cardinals got uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that's um, If we need our corners, <laughs> dude. If I, was a fifth round pick. Yeah. Like, are you serious? And Darius Slay gets traded for Bill O'Brien. Listen, if the Seahawks knew DeAndre Hopkins was available for fifth round pick, do you think they would have? I would have given him a third round pick. Yeah. Okay, fine. Third round. That is highway robbery. That is highway robbery. So um, I don't know why. Um, I heard it's because he's a lot like Aaron Hernandez and he doesn't like his baby mamas. That's a true story, by the way. Supposedly, that's really what people were saying. Say it's like Aaron Hernandez. You could say it's like. A deadbeat dad. I, I know, but no, really, or that's like what dad. Bill O'Brien said. Yeah, I know. Supposedly said. No, but you said I heard it, but it is like that. You mean it is like he doesn't no, like his baby? Oh mother. no, 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 no. I mean it is like that. That that Bill O'Brien said that. I'm not saying it's actually like that. I was like, that's a hard. No, thing no, no. Mean. I'm not saying it's. Like, I'm saying it's really like that. That Bill O'Brien said that. Like that's, or the rumors is he said that. Okay, I, but still, you think the Patriots, if they wanted to keep Tom Brady, they wouldn't have been willing to give him a second round? Pick of course they would have. No, no, it still I, makes I, no sense. I don't think. I don't know why we're going after DeAndre. DeAndre Hopkins has never been in trouble off the field. It doesn't seem like he's anywhere near a bad guy. So for Bill O'Brien to say anything like that is kind of weird. It is weird. They probably just had some beef. Yeah. We need our corners. Go Seahawks. I still think we're the best team in the division. I agree. I thought we were the best team in the division last year, but the 49ers edged just a little bit. But I think post-Super Bowl year, you got to give the advantage to the Seahawks just because you know the Niners are going to lose some pieces. In the mm-hmm. post-Super Bowl loss year, they're going to lose a couple games just being down. And I, but I still think the 49ers are going to be a playoff team. Well, here's what I think, Sammy. Third time's a charm. 
It'll be the third year in a row that NFC West team goes to the Super Bowl. Rams, this time, Niners, Seahawks. We win. That'd be sick. That'd be cool. Um, much love. Episode, what was it? What did I say? 28. It was episode 28 of the Seattle yep. Superpod. Little off-season edition. Next up, what we're going to do is try to find some fun topics because there's obviously no sports going on right now. Um, so if you guys think of any cool topics, maybe we'll talk about some Seahawks history, some Sonics history, some Mariners history. Who knows? Some what ifs. Yeah, what ifs. Um, so check us out at sonsports.com. That's S-O-N-T sports.com. Um, and uh, you, there's a Seattle tab up there, but we have all sports and everything. So you can also find us at Sant Seattle on all platforms. Uh, and for our podcast, Twitter and Instagram, just look it up at pod that, P-O-D, that. We have a consistent tag now for all that makes it easy. Yes, sir. Um, much love. And there's people, you know, Sant Sports, Sant Seattle, right? We yeah. have mm-hmm. Sant Football. We got yeah. Sant Kicks. We got Sant Betting, right? What, yeah. what the hell does Sant stand for? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? You know what it stands for, George? It stands for Sports on Tap. And this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Take care, guys. Periscope. Check out the pod. Check it out. You can catch this whole thing. Peace. Peace.